Hi, welcome back and thanks for joining us here today. I'm Jamie and I am a blues disciple. Now please join me for a little while to hear some excellent blues from one of the masters of the blues. Blues Disciples is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and please note that earphones or earbuds will enhance your listening experience. And for your convenience, you can click on the playlist to expand its size for easier reading. Many of us who were born and raised in the South knew and loved the blues before we knew it as blues music. We just knew and appreciated the fact that the music being played on the black radio stations was far better and more exciting than the milk toast music played on the white radio stations. In high school, our classmates who formed bands built their limited repertoire on black music and then performed it at our Friday night sock ops in high school gymnasiums. Some of the most popular music we loved came from blues man Mr. Jimmy Reed with his shuffling sound and squealing harmonica. Without realizing it, we, along with many other white and black fans of Jimmy Reed, helped kick off the crossover magic and popularity of Jimmy Reed's unique sound in the late 1950s and 60s. So today, my friend, ethnomusicologist, music producer, guitarist, researcher, friend and advisor to many blues artists and recent Blues Hall of Fame inductee, Dr. David Evans joins me for a tribute to major blues legend, Mr. Jimmy Reed, and his innovative music that has influenced many past and present blues and rock artists for more than 70 years. Dr. David Evans opens up the show with some of the magic and uniqueness of Jimmy Reed and his music. Jimmy Reed. What can I say about Jimmy Reed that hasn't been said already? At one time, he was probably the best-known blues artist in America, if you speak of America as a whole, a black and white population. He had an incredible crossover appeal in the 1960s. Really, I would say for a time, more so than Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf and the other Chicago artists. He was on the white fraternity circuit, I think, Mm -hmm. perhaps by the late 50s in the South and certainly uh, in the North as well by the early 1960s. And so a lot of white Americans uh, knew his music as well, of course, as his uh, extreme popularity uh, with black audience. And uh, this was quite a phenomenon. Jimmy Reed It's in some ways hard to account for his popularity because his music was so simple. But I guess simplicity was the key to his success. It was just very direct. He'd take a catchphrase or some proverbial phrase or something, and he'd hit you right in the gut with it. The guitar sound was very easy to imitate. I know when I was doing field work in the blues in the 1960s, every young musician, say in their 40s or younger, every aspiring blues musician did some Jimmy Reed stuff because the guitar, that walking bass was so easy to grasp. Of course, that was played by Eddie Taylor, but Jimmy's own guitar lines were pretty simple too. And his harmonica style was pretty basic. It had a kind of squeaky quality to it because he played it on a rack while he played guitar. And so uh, any aspiring harmonica player could pick up on that as well. 
Now let's get into it with Dr. Evans introducing some Jimmy Reed selections. How about high and lonesome? Yeah, well, this is, uh, I guess, one of his first, very first recordings. And it starts out with a simple phrase, you know, uh, high and lonesome, uh, which is kind of the essence of Jimmy Reed. He often was high, certainly. And he has a kind of lonesome sound. You, You sort of take pity on him in a way, you know, in hearing a lot of his blues. And as I say, he doesn't come on at you heavy, you know, in any way that seems threatening. So, you know, if you're feeling lonesome, which all of us do from time to time, uh, you can kind of really get with Jimmy Reed on this song. It contains the line, uh, what's wrong with you? You don't treat me like you used to do. The same line that he used in his hit in his next session, you don't have to go. So this is a sort of the story of his life. It's got that high-pitched harp, the boogie guitar line, and the sort of what you might call lazy or mushmouth slurred voice. It was enough to get VJ to call him back into the studio. Calling on now, come back soon. Still gonna leave me, you just wait until noon. I'm high on some, be on your merry way. Well, now you're back, girl, want to leave me. I'm not gonna let you stay
how about you don't have to go? All right, you don't have to go. Well, this was his really uh, first big, big hit. It was the piece that every other blues artist, every other blues guitarist had to have in their repertoire, and they did. As I say in my field work, I got sick of hearing you don't have to go and, <laughs> uh, from these artists because, uh, I mean, nobody could do it better than Jimmy was so, you know, why, why try? But uh, everybody did in any case. It's a wonderful piece. I do it myself in my set. It's the only Jimmy Reed piece I do, but it's the essence of Jimmy Reed. And this was actually his first piece with Eddie Taylor. It was John Brim on his first recording, uh, High and Lonesome, but uh, still that uh, sound was there with the walking bass on the guitar. There's supposed to be another guitar by John Littlejohn, but I really only hear two guitars on this. I don't know where all these attributions of additional guitarists come from. I don't really hear three guitars I don't think on any of his recordings, and I don't know why he would have needed three guitars. It's possible, of course, there's so much reverb or distortion in the guitar that it could be more than two guitars playing. But what I suspect is that unless the information comes from the session logs of VJ, but I don't think it does, it may be that various other guitarists in interview claim to have played on Jimmy Reed's sessions. Uh, Jimmy redid a lot of these songs in later sessions. It's possible that some of these artists actually played on later sessions and not the early VJ ones. I pulled all of the accompaniments from Wirtz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, from his historical records, and I don't know where he gets those from or where he got them from. But this uh, is this is what you know. He's saying that John Little John also played guitar on that second one. As I say, it's it's possible, but I think that a lot of this information, which is in standard discographies like, uh, what is it, Mike Ledbetter, post-war discography, I think a lot of it probably comes from interviews of various artists who maybe played on later sessions or, or played with Jimmy, and there was just some confusion about it.
Here, Dr. Evans provides more background to Jimmy Reed. His sound actually has pretty deep roots in the blues. He was born in 1925 in the Delta. He's generally said to have come from Leland, uh, Mississippi, which is close to Greenville. But uh, he lived uh, all over in the Delta, farming and Then he went up to Chicago uh, sometime in the late 1940s, I think after doing some uh, military service and and during World War II, although he didn't go overseas. And uh, it was in uh, Gary, Indiana uh, in the uh, late 40s and early 50s that he really got his northern career together. But apparently he'd played around in the Delta uh, before then and, and oftentimes with his longtime partner, Eddie Taylor. In fact, he is said to have learned both guitar and harmonica from Eddie Taylor. Eddie, of course, mainly concentrated on guitar, but apparently he could play harmonica. Their sound of two guitars and harmonica, and of course, supplemented with the drums when he began recording, but probably in the Delta, it was just two guitars and harmonica, had a kind of interesting antecedent in the sound of accordion with two guitars as recorded and performed by Walter Rhodes. Rhodes was also from the Delta around Cleveland uh, and Ruleville, Mississippi, not far from where Jimmy Reed grew up. Eddie Taylor, in an interview, recalled hearing an accordion player. He didn't name him, but it could uh, well have been Walter Rhodes. Now more Jimmy Reed music. All right, how about Ain't That Loving You Baby? Well, this is about as direct as it gets. Uh, (laughs) And uh, of course, this does have perhaps a note of aggression. It's hard to say. I would rob, steal, kill somebody just to get back home to you. But uh, it's hard to imagine Jimmy Reed actually doing that. He really sounds a little bit more abject in this. He says, my body might lie, but my spirit's going to rise. Come back (laughs) home to you. (laughs) Those are Jimmy Reed. I mean, he sticks with you like white on rice.
home to you I ain't that loving the baby I ain't that loving the baby How about you got me dizzy? Well, there's another catchphrase. You know, a lot of young guys that are in love or infatuated by a girl, you know, they she's got them dizzy. <laughs> so there you, you just remember the songs like that. Th this one is actually notably out of tune, but doesn't seem to matter. It was a, a little bit chaotic, but it was a hit nevertheless. You kind of expect that looseness with Jimmy Reed. It's just part of what you hear is what you get, and people were satisfied with it. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, a pretty good hit for him. How about Little Rain? 
This is a song I really like, and uh, maybe it's because I recorded it from uh, Chicago Bob in, on an album that I produced of him. Bob was a very fine harmonica player from Bogalusa, Louisiana, originally, despite his nickname Chicago Bob, and he covered that song. It's little rain keeps falling, uh, little clouds wasting time. I mean, that, that, that'll make you think. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's yeah. that all about? And again, it just sticks with you. It's a real lonesome feeling, the feeling of time just dragging on, as you often get during a, you yeah. know, a rainstorm. You wish it would end. And this is one that you know, the Rolling Stones, you know, covered so much of Jimmy Reed's recordings with their albums and so forth that they did. And they absolutely copied, you know, just, I mean, they stayed with the same arrangement, essentially. I would call it one of Jimmy Reed's most profound songs, if you can use the word profound in the same <laughs> Jimmy Reed. <laughs> right. You can't deny his yeah. influence. Uh, you know, I mean, he just reached people. Simplicity is profundity. Just as long as 
songs were just so memorable uh, they yeah. stick in your mind if it was only the title phrase i mean just think of it you don't have to go yeah. you got me dizzy ain't that loving you baby i mean yeah, honest just, i do yeah. Yeah, and these yeah. phrases just stick with you and you can't get them out of your mind and then uh, you know others you know bright lights big city hush your mouth there's so yeah. many of them, too. I mean, he recorded a lot of different songs, uh, most of which he composed, or he and his wife, Mama Reed, composed. And most of them have more or less the same sound, or they share the same small set of musical elements. And yeah. yet, you know, lots of them are really uh, memorable songs, uh, songs that you'd like to hear again and again. Yeah, I mean, we, we've picked out some, you know, for this show, but there are many others that are just as good. And a lot that people have maybe somewhat forgotten or put kind of on the back burner, but could easily make a career for any other artists. And then, Honest I Do. Oh, yeah. Well, this was another huge hit by him. And of course, it's uh, out of the ordinary 12-bar uh, blues model. It's more of what some people call ballads and slow and sentimental, a huge hit. And uh, this features jazz guitarist Remo Biondi on it. And how in the world he got onto a Jimmy Reed session, I don't know. But he was there, <laughs> I guess, at the right place at the right time. And he adds a special quality to what is a special song. A little bit out of the ordinary for Jimmy Reed, but still with his voice, you never mistake it for anybody else. This morning 
Then an instrumental, Odds and Ends. Yeah, this also has Primo Biondi, but on violin this time. He he played mandolin and violin. Uh, I guess maybe that was part of his uh, Italian-American background. But uh, this is, it's kind of an odd combination of harmonica and violin. And in fact, uh, Biondi even plays pizzicato and gets a number of other weird effects. Uh, This is probably the most experimental of any of Jimmy Reed's recordings. And it's, it's a great item, too, if you want variety. <laughs> from <Yeah>. Jimmy Reed, <laughs> this is the place to go. Violin was pretty rare in post-war yeah. blues. I think there's a little bit on one or two Bo Diddley tracks. In fact, I think he played it himself. Not much else. Electric blues. You just don't hear a violin. <laughs> How about going to New York? 
Ah, well, this, of course, is, could be considered the, another blues of the Great Migration. New York certainly was a destination for many Black Americans in the post-war years. Well, it was pre-war, too, for that matter. But he says, going to New York and going if I have to walk. Another phrase that's going to stick with you. I mean, he really wanted to get there. And his age mates and uh, you know, fellow Black Americans did as well. New York, Chicago, L.A., Cleveland, Detroit. It didn't matter. They wanted to get out of the South. Take out some insurance on me, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's another phrase. Often, of course, it's applied to the one that it's directed to. But in this case, it's applied to taking out some insurance on Jimmy himself. He's afraid he's going to haul right off and die, uh, as he said. <laughs> so uh, this is the uh, abject lover theme. There's no harmonica on this, so it's a little bit unusual. He just plays guitar, although I think he's listed in some discographies as playing harp, but I don't hear it. Have you Heart attack, you better get some inchons on me, baby Take out some inchons on me, baby 
VJ Records for many years. Uh, VJ was an interesting label. It was uh, based in the Chicago area in Gary, and it was owned by uh, Vivian and James Bracken, uh, hence the name uh, VJ. A man named Ewart Abner was also very instrumental uh, as a promoter for the label. But it was one of the two major successful uh, post-war black-owned labels, uh, the other being Don Roby in Houston with his uh, Peacock and Duke labels. VJ, in some ways, went even farther than Roby's operation because in the 1960s, they actually uh, licensed recordings by the Beatles, of all things, and <laughs> were, uh, put out singles on VJ uh, by the Beatles, some of their earliest recordings in the American market. And we continued. All right, baby, what you want me to do? Well, this was one of Jimmy Reed's biggest hits. You can hear uh, Mama Reed slightly in the background with the vocals. This has Marcus Johnson on bass. This is still his uh, familiar sound, and the uh, lyrics uh, express a kind of uh, vulnerability. The title of the piece is a little bit odd. It probably would have been better titled as You Got Me Running. And of course, a lot of people refer to it by that title. But like You Don't Have to Go and Maybe Honest I Do, this is one of his most covered songs. What's the name of this? Uh, you got me doing what you want me. No, baby, what you want me to do? Baby, what you want me to do? Baby, why, baby, why, baby, why you want to let go? You could even make it why I let go. Make it shout why I let go. Here we go. 59-1211.
Hush Hush. Hush Hush. His vocals are more distinct here, despite the title of the song. He uh, admonishes his woman, don't believe a word, uh, and you believe everything you heard. It's a song about yakking, basically. Uh, It's kind of like uh, that song, uh, You Talk Too Much. Hush Hush.
boss man well this was again like honest i do and you don't have to go and maybe what you want me to do uh, one of his huge hits and very profound song this certainly resonated with the civil rights movement in 1960 the movement was really at its height then and boss could be either a rural plantation boss man or an urban boss man the song had a lot of appeal to whites uh, as well. Of course, a lot of working class people, black or white, don't particularly like their boss man and feel kind of put upon maybe doing hard work for low wages. So it had a more general appeal beyond its civil rights reference, whether Jimmy Reed made that connection or not even. But I, I would suspect he did. I can't imagine that any black person in 1960 was unaware of the civil rights movement. Again, Mama Reed can be heard mainly in the background. Big boss man. 
for a Chicago blues artist, he had his own kind of crossover, which was not dependent on the blues revival or the British blues rock scene, you know, for recognition. He got into those fraternity parties, southern plantation parties, and whatever, that, that whole circuit in the 50s and 60s when he was first uh, having his uh, hit records uh, on the jukeboxes. I think he had a big influence on the southern uh, rock and rockabilly, too. Just last year, I saw an old uh, rockabilly up in Brownsville, Tennessee, playing some stuff. Jimmy Reed, and he, he knew them all. <laughs> yeah. Play that walking bass. And Jimmy Reed, of course, not only had an influence on rock and roll, but he had quite an influence, of course, in the black blues tradition itself, especially on artists from Louisiana and Mississippi. As I said, you know, almost every younger artist that I encountered in my field work in the 60s and 70s would play uh, Jimmy Reed pieces. Uh, all those so-called swamp blues artists from Louisiana, Lazy Lester and yeah. Slim Arpo and Lonesome Sundown, played Jimmy Reed-influenced pieces. Jimmy Reed and Lightning Hopkins were the two big influences on that sound. I mean, some of his songs are immortal. And back to the music. Bright Lights, Big City. Well, uh, another big hit. 1961, he's still having a hit. You Don't Have to Go was 1953. This is eight years later, and he's still at the top of the charts. Yeah. <laughs> and it's again, it's another catchphrase that he made a song out of. It was a common theme in earlier blues, maybe not the phrase, but the idea of the country girl coming to the city and going wild and the singer saying that I've got to put you down or, or send you back to mama. Well, like Ray Charles, I'm going to send you back to Arkansas, you know, is that yeah. kind of an idea. Mama Reed is quite audible on this piece. And Jimmy sings, you're going to need my help someday. Eddie Taylor's not on this piece, but uh, still it's the classic Jimmy Reed sound. Bad. 
then, oh, shucks, hush your mouth. Yeah, this is kind of another hush your mouth, baby, you're knocking me out song. There's no harp on this, and uh, Reed only sings on this piece, but it's, again, uh, I think a catchphrase, hush your mouth, that would have had very broad appeal, and probably something that a lot of people feel like saying to somebody else, but we're probably glad that Jimmy Reed said it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There you go. down in Mississippi. Yeah, down in Mississippi. Well, of course, that's where Jimmy Reed came from, uh, down in Mississippi where the cotton grows tall and the bull weevils wearing overalls. (laughs) That's that's quite an image, the bull weevils in charge. Well, bull weevil was still a problem. Into the 60s, there was still a little bit of sharecropping going on and some cotton picking by hand. He mentions hunting dogs in there. This is about agricultural work. There's the preacher eating up all the chicken. It's really a portrait of southern black rural down-home life. And the vocals are perhaps deliberately slurred even more so than normally on this song. So uh, it takes a little bit of tension to figure out what it's all about. But it's, again, I think you have to relate this song. This is just before the Civil Rights Act and Voting Rights Act. And things were pretty tense. I mean, Kennedy was assassinated. There was a lot of bad stuff going on. I think Jimmy Reed must have been aware of that. And although the song doesn't overtly mention any of that stuff, it (laughs) paints a picture of uh, a pretty tough life. (laughs) 
always, we thank Dr. David Evans for his time in putting together this show and the incredible work and contributions he's made to the world of the blues over the past 60 plus years. Thank you, David. Now, as we close out this tribute, here is Dr. David Evans to introduce the last song we're featuring today from Mr. Jimmy Reed. Thank you all for listening. Wrapping it up, shame, shame, shame.
This is a piece also from 1963. It's got a cleaner sound, uh, you might say, than a lot of Jimmy Reed's recordings. And the repetition of the word shame, again, makes the piece stick in your mind. This has got Lefty Bates on guitar uh, rather than Eddie Taylor. <laughs> 